You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car query? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Hit it. Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. How are we? How are you? It certainly is noisy in here, right? I'm not sure what that all is, but we're going to keep talking anyways. How are you, Brian? I'm great, Al. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, thank, thank, let's thank Mr. Ford, the Premier, because he's allowed us to be here in person again. It's always great being in the studio, isn't it? It is, it is. And we've got a fellow who tells me it's been two years since he's been here. I find that hard to believe because he looked exactly the same. He's a quite the I handsome fellow, eh? He has to get here. <laughs> 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 he forgot. He forgot how. That's Darren Boston, of course, from Triangle Tire, who's with us. And uh, we're going to be talking about potholes and checking out tires and all that a little bit later on. Um, and we've got as well, we've got James Fraser here from the Electrical Safety Authority. You may wonder, what's that all about? Well, because the price of gas has gone where? Through, through the roof. Through the roof <laughs> is the correct answer. Through the, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Dan McTague, who we will also have on the show. And it was funny because... Two weeks ago, when it went to 169, I said, Whoa, they're ripping us off. I ain't buying gas. And today, when I went in the gas station, it was 169. I went, Oh, a bargain. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sure is. You know, one of my one of my cars at home uh, takes premium. Oh. And uh, th- it was it was over two bucks yesterday when I put fuel in it. So you don't two, cheat and put in the, the cheap stuff. Eh? I don't do that. No. I take care. <laughs> I take care of my cars. And even when I'm driving test cars that belong to the manufacturer, they they get the right fuel too. Let me ask Darren. Darren's always got a high performance car. What do you run? Well, it's funny. I fueled up on Tuesday. I've got a diesel. It was two dollars and twenty four cents. Wow. wow. So I kind of looked into it. Apparently, it's uh, it's taxed heavily. Uh, or heavier than, and so in inflationary times, mm-hmm. you're going to see a, a, a higher spike as well as it's, you know, more refinement involved. But growing yeah. up, I remember it's diesel crazy. was always the cheapest fuel. It, it always was. was, yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Usually oh, wow. it sits between premium and uh, regular, but yeah, it was more than premium. I, like, I didn't even look until I looked down. I'm like, what the? $105 to do three quarters of a tank. Wow. Well, like I say, we have Dan McTague on uh, from Canadians for Affordable Energy. We're going to ask him. Maybe he's got some answers for us. Uh, I don't know. It keeps going up and down like a, like a roller coaster. Well, I, I think we're going to see some high prices for a little while yet, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and again, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe now is the time that we should be looking electric. What do you think? Uh, well, you know, I'm driving a great solution um, to that this week. I'm driving the new Lexus NX 450h. It's a it's a, a compact crossover, mm-hmm. but it's a plug-in hybrid, so it'll do about 60 kilometers on the battery. Um, and it's and because it's got a smaller battery pack, you can charge it easily overnight at home. 
So, so, so can you choose on the dash to say, I want just electric? Yeah, you can, you can do EV mode only, and that's what I generally do in the city. So when I drive out of town, what I'll do is I'll actually charge it while I'm, while I'm running the car. So it'll actually charge up the battery. So when I get back to the city or get to the next city, I just zip around on electric, and it works great. The, the, the trouble with this Lexus NX 450H uh-huh. is it's very expensive. It's about 80 grand. Well, that's the other part of it. You know, you you, you kind of wonder about people buying electric cars to save money. Well, but the car costs a million bucks. Well, that's the thing. And you know, you've got to drive it what you know, two hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand kilometers before it starts paying you back. I I understand. And, you know, and, and I people ask me about that or hybrids, and I'm saying if you're not doing the mileage, there's no payback. No, it takes a really long time. All right. Well, Brian and I will be back after the break. I mean, Darren will be here too, and he can I'll chime in with anything. <laughs> but we're going to talk about the other Ford the Blue Oval guy and find out what they're planning in the future for uh, their stores and you're the buying public. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. My name is Alan. I got Carlos behind the board who's uh, technically trying to figure out what the hell we doing today, by the way. We got it working now? Okay. Seems like everything's working. I was hearing an echo, an echo, an echo, an echo. I wonder where it was from. And we got Darren here. Yep. Uh, Darren Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yes, yes, and again, you looked super. What happened to Porsche? You used to drive a Porsche. Yeah, I, I got rid of that years ago. I got the uh, an M2. Okay, and oh, so but that's not your winter car. No, that just sits in. The, I, I don't even know if I'll be able to afford to fuel it up this this summer, so it may sit in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> that's, now, a, that's a great car that needs to be driven. Yeah, yeah, it does. Sure. Beautiful yeah, car. And I've done it. <laughs> yeah, Darren's not a Porsche guy anymore because, you know, he got ticked off. You know, they, they build a production car, a, a performance car, but they don't build it that you could take on a racetrack because they blow up, eh? They do blow up, yes. If you, if you, if you run them hard, they will blow up. <laughs> All right, well, when you want to get yourself a new car, be it electric or gas, if you were going to want a Ford... Ford's got a better idea, apparently. They, well, they think it's a better idea. Okay. And you know the car business is changing, so we're we're already seeing we're seeing some manufacturers trying to take over that relationship between um, you know the the dealer and and the consumer. So Ford is splitting up their business now. They announced this last week. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is they're splitting their business into three divisions. Three. So yeah, three different divisions. The traditional one will now be called Ford Blue, and that's for all the internal combustion engine cars. And that'll be run as one division. Ford Model E will be for all of the electrified cars. So currently that's the the Mach-E and and whatever they're coming out with next. Mm -hmm. And with Model E, they want that division to have the relationship directly with the customer. But in terms of physical place to go and buy your car, uh, they still need the blue model because even though you're not buying your e-car there, that's where you're going to get it serviced, right? Well, that's you know that's the thing, and I think what what Ford is going to do with Model E is is really take over that relationship, so that when you want your EV serviced, they'll bring you another one, they'll take it away and service it for you. So you'll never really need to go to the dealer. I mean, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. And uh, before we move on, I should mention that the 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 third division they're calling Ford Pro, and that's for all the commercial vehicles. Uh-huh. But that and 
but that will be handled through the blue guy, no? Yeah, I mean, so the way the way they've articulated this—is this it just me? I'm kind of confused. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're, and you're absolutely right. I yeah. think I think the way it's going to be presented to consumers is going to be very different. Mm-hmm. And and the electric cars, they just want to own that relationship with yeah. with the customers. But with the traditional internal combustion engine cars, like you know, the, my my favorite, the Mustang, and of course their their number one seller is the F one fifty. You're still going to go to the dealer and, and pick up those things. But the the F one fifty Lightning is coming out, and that is a pure EV. F-150. So that will fall under this Model E division, and and Ford really wants to take over that relationship with the customer. And in a a lot of ways, this makes sense, but it's a bit of an end run around the the dealers in their network. I was going to say, what are the dealers saying about this? I don't think they've got much to say at at this point. I'm sure they say, but it doesn't mean anything. That's exactly it. No, especially so. I mean, you try to build up a relationship. I mean, you know, we we know Mark well from Young Steels and, and the sales guys up there um and 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 i would think that i've had a relationship because maybe i've bought one or two cars and now you're saying if i want an electric car they're not going to be the guys that i deal with that that's what ford is saying so we'll again we'll see how this plays out in in you know reality but i i think that's going to be the case if you want to buy a ford ev much like many other companies you're going to have to go directly to ford and you know there there's you know there are plenty of reasons why they they want to do this oh okay kid here here, let's get to plenty of those reasons because Apparently, when you want, let's say you, you want a Tesla, uh, there's no negotiation. That's right. This is the price of the car. That's right. So they've totally changed that whole formula. And, and that's changed for many other brands as well. So, for example, Genesis, which is uh, is the, the premium luxury division of, of Hyundai, mm-hmm. in Canada anyway, that's, that's what you do. There's one price to pay. That's it. There's no negotiation. On the flip side... The, the customer experience with Genesis is very much the way I like to be treated. So if I want to buy a car over text message, I can text them and buy my car. And it, it's really that simple. They'll deliver the car to me, and and away I go. It's it's really they've they've taken a lot of the friction out of the out of the process. But what that means is there is no negotiation. And I'm not the type of guy, well, not me specific, but I know lots of people yes. who don't want to pay retail. If you know what I mean. Uh, you mean if I threw a number at you, you'd say no? Sorry, that's that's not how it works here anymore. That, that that's exactly what's going on, and and oh. you know it's it's happening with uh, with Volvo as well. They're changing their model, and that's a that's been announced globally. Their um, uh, their sister company, um, Polestar, which is the electrified sort of division of, of Volvo, not exactly the, the same thing. They've got a distinct product line, and I like driving their cars, but it's very much the same thing. There's a direct relationship with the customer. Actually, what I don't understand, too, is, you know, in, in, in over the last 20 years, companies have been amalgamating, putting stuff together. Uh, so basically, the, the, the reason for that was to, to get rid of the redundancy. You know, like, why do we need how many different accounting departments, how many different, you know, like that. But it, it looks like they're, they're, they are, in fact, making it more complicated now. Uh, in, in some ways, it may be, but you know, from from my perspective, if if the Ford Model E business model is kind of like what Genesis is doing, mm-hmm. then I'll be happy because what what that means is I don't have to go to the dealer, I don't have to uh, leave leave my house to get my car serviced, and that is that is that is kind of what I'd expect these days, especially oh. when you're you know when you're buying a what's a, what's a Mach E cost? I mean, the top the top one's got to be close to a hundred thousand dollars. So you know, from my perspective, that's how I want to be treated. I don't I don't want to go to the dealer. I want somebody to to come and pick up my car, take it away, bring it back serviced. And what happens when I'm outside of warranty? 
That's a very good fire beware. You know what? You know what, Al? They're going to come and see you. <laughs> and they're going to tell you not to forget your, your visa card on the way back. That's right. Or maybe we could pre-authorize it. You know, you can do that on the internet now, right? Right. You don't have to come in and drop a bag of dough here. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to talk more electric after the break. We've got James Fraser from the Electrical Safety Authority. You know, you can go to Home Depot and buy all kinds of electrical and plumbing goods, but James is going to tell us why this may not be a good idea. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Well, gas is going crazy. We all know that. I guess if you've been to the pump in the last little while, you know you've paid heavily for that. We can have Dan McKagan on after the break. But a lot of people are now thinking electric. And as Brian was saying earlier, you know, Ford is splitting up their model so that, uh, you know, you can just go to the dealership and they will deliver the electric car to you. Um, But you're going to have to charge that car. And not charge as on a credit card, but actually electrically recharge this vehicle. And um, as much as they may, you may think, I got, I got the cord for the electric lawnmower, hmm. you can't be plugging that into the car. It ain't going to do the job. We've got James Fraser on the phone. He's from the Electrical Safety Authority. James, how are you? I'm great, Alan. How are you? Very good. I found that out years ago. You know, I had a long extension cord that I used to use, but I tried it with the leaf blower, and all of a sudden that cord got warm, eh? Oh, you got it. So tell us, anybody can go to Home Depot and buy, you know, I'm going to save some money, I'm going to go buy my own electrical supplies and and, and put in the box, but that's not the way to go. Tell us why. Yeah, that's, uh, you're 100% right. Uh, When you're dealing with an electric vehicle charger, the, um, it's something that is charging a very heavy load for a long period of time. So it's not like you're um, like plugging in a kettle or plugging in a toaster. It's something that applies. Uh, it's a very heavy load. So we want to make sure it's wired correctly. And so we're recommending that you go to our website and uh, esasafe.com and uh, hire a licensed electrical contractor to do that work. Now, you were saying that, of course, we talk about level one and there's level two. Uh, level three is totally commercial. We don't have to worry about that kind of fast charge. But but even a level one, for example, it's not just a case of plugging in an extension cord, is it? No, because uh, remember that um, usually you'll have outlets around maybe on the outside of your house or you might have one in your garage. But we're looking for a dedicated circuit for this. So it's um, making sure that there's no other outlets, no other lights or no other... Um, switches on that circuit. We want to make sure that it's a dedicated circuit for feeding that level one charger. And the reason is because when you're at that level one charger, it will be running for eight, 10 hours in order to charge that car. Although it's a low, um, you know, the ampacity is probably running around 12 amps, but it's running for a long period of time. And that way you want to be sure it's rated for that. Well, you know, Brian's here. He just—he's just a matter of testing um, a new Lexus hybrid, uh, a plug-in style. Did you? What did you do, Brian? Uh, I haven't bothered to plug it in yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> now, with 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 this one, it's got an 18 kilowatt hour battery pack, and you know, from my perspective, as I drive all of these things, that so whether they're hybrids or, or or full battery electric vehicles, and it, it makes a lot of sense to have a level two charger at home, especially if you've got a pure BEV at home. So this is this is new ground for a lot of new car buyers to to cover what 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 sort of things do they really need to know right so on a level two charger first of all we're looking to make sure that it's a certified product so most of the car dealers will give you a um will provide you with a level two charger um 
they, they may, it may be an additional fee, but you want to make sure it's a certified product. You can check that for certification marks. All the various approval marks are on our website at esasafe.com slash approval marks. And then uh, once that's approved, or once the product's approved, make sure that it's suitable for either indoor, so you can have it in your garage, or outdoor, if you're going to have it on the side of your house, make sure it's rated for the location. And then the, the most important part is to make sure that it's wired with the w- correct wire for the maximum load it can give to the car. And the reason is that most of these EV chargers are now, they work on an app with the car. And so the guy can change the charging rate on his phone in a couple of quick steps. And we want to make sure that it can handle the maximum that that charger can deliver. And that means that you might need a larger wire and a dedicated circuit, uh, 240 volt, for that level two charger. Question to most general electrical contractor guys, um, you know, who've been doing house wiring for years, are do they know all the ins and outs when it comes to uh, chargers? Uh, yes, absolutely. If, if they're a licensed electrical contractor, they're registered with us mm-hmm. at uh, esasafe.com. You can go on our website and find one. Um, but we and and they will be able to provide you a quote. So we always say get three or four quotes in order to ensure that you're getting the right. Um, the right value for your money, and make sure that they file a notification with us. And then at the end of it, ask for the certificate of acceptance. That makes sure that we have inspected it to make sure that it meets the Ontario Electrical Safety Code, because that's a minimum standard in the province. And I know that, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I can do it myself, or I can hire my handyman to do it. And we say no, because we've seen so many of these. We've seen hundreds of these that have been installed incorrectly. They're a fire hazard. They're, and we're, we're all about making sure that people in Ontario can live, work, and play safe from electrical harm. So that's our vision. We want to make sure that we meet that. And people have to know that if you're going to hire, you know, just your buddy down the corner or do it yourself, if something happens to your house, your insurance company ain't going to be happy, and you're going to be out of pocket hundreds of thousands of dollars. All right, uh, the website one more time, James? Yeah, uh, please visit our website, esasafe.com. I really appreciate you having us on today, and we'd love to talk to you again. Please call us anytime. Thank uh, you, Alan. Super. Thank you very much. All right, that was great. Uh, lots of great information. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, also, too, if you want to go to Plug and Drive, that's another website that they're hooked up with. It's called the Electrical Vehicle Advantage. Uh, plug and drive. They're on Finch. You can go look at cars. You can ask all kinds of questions. No pressure. And find out if electricity electricity is the way you ought to go. Anyways, after the back, we got a... Uh, after the back. After the break. I'm trying to talk too fast. We've got Darren Bossens, who is back in the studio with us. We are so excited. Finally. Yes. <clears throat> and it's time to... Well, does that mean re- are we retiring now? Yeah, it looks uh, not, uh, based on today, maybe no, or yesterday, but uh, I think it's coming. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this break. I know about you, but I haven't seen a robin yet. Have you? They're not going. <laughs> no, I. But but we're talking. I mean, Brian just talk, talked about being went skiing yesterday and snowboarding. Yes, but but everybody's excited about the break in the weather, and maybe it's time to retire. I'm praying for it. Yes. Um, 
it's uh, that time of the year, so uh, temperatures are going to start getting warmer, I guess, this week, and it's uh, time to take off your winters and move back to your all-seasons or summers. It is, and uh, we've been taking appointments already. I mean, they're not coming in next week to get them done, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to do them a little bit early, only in terms of you want to beat the rush. Yes. Um, there, there can be product problems with with uh, not with actual supply of tires, is there, Darren? Uh, yeah, there's some supply issues right now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you want to... If you want a better choice or better selection, you want to do it now rather than later. Um, a lot of people down the road, though, are, are we had um, we had her on last week, Amy from uh, uh, as as he's having a brain fart from the uh, the, the insurance company the Wayfair. <laughs> Wayfair Insurance, yes, of course, and she was live from the motorhome and vehicle uh, uh, show down at the International Center. Um, people are getting into motorhomes and, and and trailers and whatnot. Uh, generally, in the past, I mean, Brian probably is familiar with you look at how much tread there is right and 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 if you've got enough tread they're safe to go but there's other factors that are involved darren absolutely especially on a specialty trailer or you know something that's used uh you know for four or five months of the year you want to check for any kind of cracking down in the voids um you know make sure the tire is still soft and supple you want to check out the rims as well uh, make sure there's no rust lines or you know everything's uh, you know uh with you know make sure everything's greased or oiled uh you know so that there's not any problems there um, yes, and pressures. Always check your pressures. And um, in, in terms of longevity or, or lifespan of a tire, just to look at a time frame, never mind the mileage, what are we looking at normally? Like on an ST or a yeah. passenger vehicle? ST, well, they, they typically, they're not made to really wear out, so they could last for you know, 10, 20 years as far as the tread is concerned. But normally what happens is they, they start to dry out and check, as, as we call it. They start to dry out and crack long before that. So, because as you know, they a lot of times they're stored outside in the winter or in the summer. Um, so the sun and the ozone starts to take effect to the tire. It dries them out. Yeah. Hey, Brian, you know what blooming is? Nope. That's a new one for you. What is that? So you probably think in the outback and I want one of them <laughs> really nice onions, right? Tell everybody what blooming is. Blooming? Yes. Like as far as ozoning? I've never heard it called that before. Really? No, no. Okay, there you blooming. go. Okay. Throw the guys under the bus again. We stand to be educated. <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe the, you can explain it. <laughs> it, it is, okay. Blooming is the oils that are in the rubber. Yes. Okay. Have to be massaged and they, they go right through the rubber. And if the tire sits uh, not being used in the sun, that blooming doesn't happen. And that's why the rubber dries out. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, you're right. It's uh, We call it ozoning. Um, or in, in a, for you know layman's terms, drying out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The oils need to be like when the tire gets heated up and everything kind of moves around inside the tire. Um, it keeps it healthier, if you will. Sitting is the worst thing for you know vehicles as well as tires. And and again, the sun checking. So in other words, uh, if you're gonna if you're not gonna use the tire, cover it up. Yes, that's why most motorhomes uh, they supply you with covers for the for the the wheels. I, I thought it was just to look nice. No, no, it's to keep kind of the sun beating this, down this on This here is my house. <laughs> I know it's got wheels on it, but it's still my home, and yeah. I want it to look pretty. Yes, and you always want to store tires inside, I- indoors if you can. Okay, super, super, super. And Triangle Tire, tell us about Triangle. A lot of people maybe haven't heard of the name, but you guys have been around for a couple years. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, Triangle's been around for probably almost close to 20 years now. They're, uh-huh. I think they're the 14th largest manufacturer in the world. Um, they manufacture, you know, passenger light truck, also ST tires that we spoke about, mm-hmm. especially trailer truck, as well as OTR, which is your mining off the road type type tires. So they've been around for quite a while. And uh, it's quite a saving. I mean, it's not, I, I know you've got first tier, second tier, um, 
and and you can save a whole lot of money and still get a good tire. Absolutely, like all uh, any tires that come into Canada are all DOT approved, so they're not here if there's any kind of issues. Um, the quality's there, the the mileage is there, the the ride is there. So you know why pay you know thirty, forty, fifty percent more? Exactly, like you're paying for the name, and and you're not getting the performance difference. Um, Seldom, yes. Right, especially too. You know, if it's a lease car, for example, or something that you're not planning on keeping for another ten years. Yeah. Uh, I just need something to get buy for a couple more years well why why wouldn't you go to that i mean we've been you know selling those tires for a long time and been very happy and like as you say for people who are concerned because i've had people you know could say where are those tires made i need to know uh excuse me um it really doesn't make a difference manufacturing goes on worldwide now absolutely and uh you know, I, all I, the majors are are based offshore as well. They, it, like it's they, funny how they things go. They have factories go. in North America, but they also have factories offshore. So it's funny. I well, you're not old enough. Maybe Brian. Remember, I, I'm, I'm not that old. Remember the old days, you <laughs> know, when you used to get a transistor radio and people would say, "Where's that made?" Eh? I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah yes. and, and people thought of stuff that was made in Japan as being inferior or, or cheap. Um, but in the fact, we're finding out now that they really know how to build stuff and and. Uh, Best vehicles on the road, as far as I'm concerned, anyways, are probably the Lexus line. You know, as far as reliability, yeah, they're, very, they're very good. And I, I hate, I hate to say it, but I, I have two Japanese cars at home. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I'm not embarrassed. No, no, I, I, I love mine. I do have a question for you, Darren. And sure, Brian. you know, now's a great time to, to, to think about it. I, t- I tend to replace my tires frequently, so I never have to worry about them aging out. And, and yes. you know, because <laughs> you burn you, them off, you drive yeah. enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for various reasons, but. Their tires have date codes on them. Yes, uh, certainly passenger tires do. And you know, now when we're switching from our winters to our, our summer tires, it's time to take a look at that. And what what is your guidance on the age of a tire? Um, well, tip, typically they they call it stale dating, if you will. Typically, when you get into the six, seven, maybe eight year, there's really no rule. Uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, I've bought tires from uh, a manufacturer before that were ten years old, right? But they were if they're stored properly, they're indoors. There's there's no no issue. Also, they were um, you know uh, summer tires, which were uh, high performance. So when you get twenty, thirty thousand kilometers on a tire, there's really not a lot of time to have issues. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That, that's my situation as well. <laughs> yes. But you know the, the the tires do age, and especially when I mean with the cars that we like to drive, the the ultra high performance stuff. You really have to be careful with the age of a tire, especially Absolutely. you know with given the performance of of these cars. Definitely, definitely. When you're putting that much horsepower to the to the wheel and the tire, uh, you definitely want them uh, performing properly. Absolutely. A lot of people aren't aware though the fact that their tires have ratings, eh? And uh for example, maybe you want to explain the like rating speed tire? ratings. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, your typical passenger tire. Um, you know, when, when you start talking about speed ratings, it doesn't really affect the car. You definitely should stick with the speed rating that came OE on the car original mm-hmm. equipment. Right. Um, you don't want it down. You can go up, but you don't want to go down. Um, but when you start getting into high performance with your Z and Y rated tires, um, you know, they, they they're constructed a little bit differently. They're they're made to accept uh, you know the high horsepower, the high speeds. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at a Z, I think it's like 240 kilometers an hour, and that's so. What that means is that that tire has it'll last 24 hours at that speed before it starts to you know break apart and. 
go back to its original components. So it's not BS. We're we're talking about like BS. I'm talking is Brian Speed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on the racetrack. Yes, on the, on yes. the road, no, I drive like a grandmother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, no one's doing that on the road, and those tires are typically more for you know obviously high performance cars. Uh, they can take corners faster, um, you know, and a lot of those guys will track the cars. So. And the ironic part is they wear out quicker. Absolutely. That's that's the best part. Yes. I, I can't tell you how many racing tires I have burned off. It's in my not lifetime. when you're a retailer though. You know, when you have to explain to somebody that his tires that we are that they've suggested or you have to replace um are number one, yes, they are twice as much, but they're gonna wear out twice as fast. Yeah, they're made, they're made to wear that. out. They're made to stick uh, where other, uh, you know, other tires, your standard passenger vehicle, they're made to, you know, to last longer. And you, and, and you get one or the other. You can't have both. Well, you know what? I watch racing pretty much every Sunday afternoon when it's on, and I always tell my customers, I said, what do they do when they come in the pits? There's only one of two things that they always do when they come in the pits. Number one is put in gas. Number two is change tires. Correct. Sometimes two, sometimes four. Yep. And it can make the difference. Uh, as a matter of fact, last week in the race... They had issues because the tires were wearing too quickly, and they're only allotted so many sets of tires Correct. per race. And these guys had to go back and put used tires on. Yes. Uh, so it was pretty scary. To finish the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so it's time we could do it comfortably we can change our tires now do you think yeah if you're in the city or in you know the general gta that you know now is a good time um and i do suggest you do call make an appointment as as you well well know alan that uh uh, it does get busy this time of the year now uh Triangle offers a warranty on the tires, correct? Yes, uh, we have a mileage warranty. It's a three-point uh, warranty, we call it. So there's mileage warranty. There's road hazard. So if you Ro- road hazard, yes, you road mean hazard. Because like, it, a lot we call it springtime, but a lot of people call it pothole season too, eh? It is. It is. If you if you end up having any kind of damage, a nail, a pothole, the tire blows up on you from hitting a pothole, etc. In the first two thirty seconds, uh, you can get a free replacement. Wow! Like so, uh, even if you're dumb and you know. You do that. Crazy. Well, sometimes you just, you can't avoid a pothole. Well, no, of it's not even about being and, dumb anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's this, so this, many of them. I hate to say that, you know, but a resident of the city and, and the roads are the worst I've seen in decades. Absolutely. The potholes are yes, so Yes, we know bad. how fast you drive, okay? So that's why it's impossible <laughs> to all of a sudden hit the binders or avoid that pothole. It's sometimes better. You just float over it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've got to take a break now, and we're going to be talking to Dan McTagg, the gas wizard, and he's going to tell us, Maybe he's got a suggestion as to when we should buy gas or why these prices are going crazy. He knows everything about gas. We'll be right back. Well, I don't know if you heard about it, but we were talking earlier, and I was so excited today when I went to the gas station, it was $1.69, and I thought, what a bargain. But but last week, two weeks ago, I was cursing the the petroleum gods because <laughs> I was paying. I thought they were ripping me off. We've got Dan McTague. Dan, can you explain what's with this stupid roller coaster of uh, cost? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, bye. Thanks for joining us. We're going to run now. <laughs> Go on to something else. Yeah, look, uh, no one has seen volatility like this on energy markets uh, since the uh, embargoes of the 1970s. And uh, for most of us, uh, or a good number of your listeners, uh, that might have been stretching our history and our brain uh, sells a little bit but what's happened here is that no one really knows how little oil is left in uh, world markets yeah a lot of people have oil but it's a question of getting to market and more importantly have sanctions against russia 
in fact meant that Russia's had to curtail or shut in its oil production. At this point, it's not clear. And that's why we saw oil go to 125 bucks a barrel earlier in the week and drop all the way down to 105. So I've just never seen anything that stupid before. But uh, yeah, 190 uh, two days ago, 175 yesterday, 169.9 today in the GTA. Tomorrow back up to 174.9 or call it what it is, 175. And we're likely to go back and revisit 190 probably the next few weeks. Ooh. Yikes. Wow. The <laughs> uh, yeah. bear of bad tidings, Dan. <laughs> so, Dan, how much, how much Russian crude did we actually get or consume in North America? Uh, well, 800,000 barrels in the United States, and it's been increasing for the past few years. Americans aren't doing a very good job at uh, getting back into the oil production business. Remember, they went from you know zero to hero in the past 10 years through that fracking process. Just before the pandemic, they were producing 13.1 million barrels domestically. Now they're down to 11.5 million. And a lot of finger pointing, but uh, it doesn't matter how you, 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 uh, you, uh, you label it. Uh, at the end of all of this, uh, America's got a problem because it's short of oil and it needs Russia, Russian oil to make ends meet. Otherwise, uh, you get $4 a gallon, $5 a gallon, which, by the way, would be a dream here in Canada. But uh, that's just the uh, difference in function of taxes more than anything else. And I guess it's difficult to pivot, eh? I mean, a friend of mine was in the oil business in the tar sands, and, and he said, you know, at 50 cents or $50 a gallon, a, a barrel, we can't, we can't make any profit at all. So they, a lot of those places shut down. So now that it's doubled, but they just can't all of a sudden ramp up or start production again, eh? Yeah, well, look, it's impossible to produce any oil in Canada because you can't send it anywhere. We can only consume so much in this country. But, hey, you know what? We've shut down one, two, three, three pipelines, fourth uh, by the Biden administration, and another one, uh, Trans Mountain Expansion, which uh, has been, you know, pretty much, you know, log jammed by a whole pile of activists. At the end of all of this, Canada could easily displace any country in the world. We have the third largest provable reserves. The only ones ahead of us are Venezuela. Uh, and it's a bit of a basket case. And, of course, Saudi Arabia, which uh, may or may not always give accurate information. But uh, Canada hadn't had those pipelines built, hadn't canceled them. Uh, we've been in a very different world today. And, oh, by the way, there's no argument here. It doesn't matter if you're buying electric vehicle, whether you're buying food, whether you're buying forestry products, whether you're buying petroleum, gasoline. The weak Canadian dollar, you know, saved gallon last time we did this back in, you know, we used to talk 10 years ago, 12 years ago. The Canadian dollar always stayed on par with the U.S. dollar when oil hit 100 bucks a barrel. Now it doesn't. It takes 128 pennies to buy a U.S. dollar. That's adding 26 cents a liter to every price uh, to the price of gasoline. Imagine what it's doing to every other commodity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything that has to go in a truck to get us there, it, it's going crazy. I mean, the price of diesel. Why? Why is why is diesel now more than regular gas? <laughs> That's the million dollar question. It's five and a half bucks a gallon uh, on on markets, but. It's to do with the uh, recovering re- economy. You can't grow your economy coming out of COVID without uh, planes, trains, you know, uh, vessels on the high seas. They all use diesel, uh, and so you know a lot. Of, a bit of bit of a colder winter. I know that runs counter to the narrative of those who think we're getting warmer, but uh, it's been a cold winter. Uh, the drawdown has been significant, and uh, countries like Europe. Uh, which normally would have natural gas, can't get it these days because of a little country called Russia. So all of these things are playing into uh, extraordinarily expensive uh, prices for diesel, and uh, they're going to continue that way. That's why we're in a period, uh, some people call it an energy crisis, I call it an energy super bubble. bubble. We haven't seen this since 2008. 
and it means the rest of the year is a scratch. Get ready for $2 a liter gasoline here in the GTA. Now, Brian was just testing a, a plug-in hybrid, and, and but, but you were trying to tell me that you don't know that necessarily electric is going to be the way to go. No, we don't have the infrastructure for it, uh, certainly at the street level, uh, unless someone wants to change all the transformers and rip them up. We also have problems in production. Some people are saying, well, you know, we're going to shut down a couple of nuclear plants in my old riding in Pickering. Uh, you're going to replace them with natural gas plants. And now you have municipalities going around saying, oh, no, no, we can get it from Quebec. Quebec borrows from us. Quebec's got a problem, too, especially during the winter. I think what we have to look at here is that there isn't a single thing out there that doesn't have an embedded uh, hydrocarbon or oil and gas input in it. So whether it's the polymers, the resins, the paints, the tires, the asphalt on which an EV runs, or anything else for that matter, at the end of all of this, uh, you know, oil is king. And uh, unfortunately, a country like Canada, uh, lots of oil, but uh, we've decided uh, as a nation to shut down our pipelines. Not very brilliant when you think about it, but uh, hey, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Well, that you know, that's the thing, Dan. And, and you know, my perspective is is similar to yours. I mean, we've we've got these large reserves, and and you, you can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in Canada, anyway, the way things are regulated, our production of oil is relatively clean relative to other countries' standards. Is that is that correct? That is correct. Our human rights records, our reduction in methane. We don't even have tar pits. So the oil sands are now run to a larger extent by something called SAG-D. They take an acre or two of land, they punch a hole in the ground, they inject the steam, and you, there is no, you know, taking out of thousands of, uh, you know, gallons of or, or barrels of oil in which you're burning off the oil to release it from the sand and then returning the sand to where it was. So if there's plenty of oil in the world, uh, think of countries here that uh, my friend's just heading to right now. My old former assistant uh, is heading off to Guyana. I mean, Exxon's found so much oil down there, they don't know what to do with it. But again, a lot of companies don't want to invest because they're being told something called ESG, the uh, Environmental Social Governance Mandates, are saying no more investment in fossil fuels. The International Energy Agency, last May, oh, no, don't, don't produce anymore. Five weeks later, on bended knee to OPEC and everyone else, please, we got our numbers wrong. We need a lot more oil, especially in the recovery period. So I don't know the easy answer to this, Steve. I mean, it's not, you're always coming up against, let's say, yes, but it's the climate. I think it's the climate, but it also has to be balanced against uh, the idea that we now have an energy crisis. And worse, it's given rise to something that we haven't seen in our time, and that's a major security crisis. All right. In the short term, uh, gaswizard.ca, is that where people can find out where the best place and whether they should buy or wait? Yep. Uh, Alan, it's uh, 174 9 tomorrow. That'll see it until Wednesday, and I guess we're going to be 180 at least this time next weekend. Yeah, great website with tips on how you can save gas. Um, there you go. And Dan is a great follow on Twitter as well. I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bryce Wizard. Thank you, guys. All right, have Dan. And have yourself a nice holiday, by the way. I will. I will need it. Thanks, All right. Alan. Thanks, Dave. You're very welcome. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, Brian, myself, and Darren will be back right after this break. Well, I was hoping that Dan would cheer us up, but he really didn't. Uh, <laughs> we'll have him back. It's it's like a bad news kind of show today. <laughs> a black cloud flew over. <laughs> well, and one of the things that Dan was talking about, of course, was that you know diesel fuel costs are high and transportation in general because uh, they use diesel fuel in big old ships, which is how to get you know containers full of tires to Canada, right? As well as raw materials. Right, uh, they come in containers as well. So, and then obviously there's a there's a component, a pretty large component of oil that's uh, used for the production of tires as well. Have they come out with any kind of uh, something else to use instead of rubber? Uh, some a uh, couple companies have come out with like uh, orange oil, like from orange peels. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I I heard about that, you know, five, six years ago. You don't really hear about it much anymore. So Now, in terms of sizes and supply, we're okay right now? Uh, not bad. There, there is going to, like, there has been some supply issues, especially in specific segments. The mm-hmm. passenger light truck hasn't been too bad, but uh, as of late with, uh, you know, a couple of man- major manufacturers shutting down production in, uh, in Europe, uh, one, one of the, another manufacturer actually has factories in Russia that they've had to shut down. So you're going to start to see some supply issues. Prices are going to go up, obviously, oil being a component. Uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, carbon black and stuff comes from oil as well. So you're going to start to see uh, higher prices and then, you know, getting it to to the end consumer right is you know like you say ships trucks whatever it comes on is going to be affected as well so you sleep you weep you want to get on it as soon as you can sooner than later yeah prices are definitely going to continue to go up this year we had probably 20 25 percent increases last year which is something i've never seen in the industry uh, you know over such a short period of time um, we'll probably see similar uh this year mm. right so right now given that we're switching over to our summers it's probably a good time this week to think about switching and if you need summer tires it's a really good time to do that absolutely both from a supply standpoint and a pricing standpoint absolutely yes yeah Yeah. the sooner the better because um you know for this you know for the standard sizes is not you're not seeing it uh too much of an issue but as i said before like um you know when you have these plant you know plants shut down another major manufacturer got uh you know hacked or cyber hacked i guess a few weeks ago so they had to shut down production of, at various plants so that starts to affect the whole supply chain right so um there is going to c- come a time depending on your size you may go in and you may have to wait for them uh for a period of time or you know it, they may not have you know all four they might have three of them or two of them because they're, <laughs> they're waiting for their stock to, to replenish so uh sooner than later for sure and uh, and most of your suppliers would be happy to hold on to them, um, or uh, for what it's worth, you could just take the tires home and and you know pay for them. At least then you have some insurance. You yes. know that when you want to do swap them out, you know you can have it done. We uh, saw a lot of that this uh, being in the fall. A lot of customers going in in September and buying their actual winter tires, mm-hmm. taking them home with them, and then they'd come back in November to get them put on. So we saw uh, that's the first time I've ever really seen that. So sure. we're still new. using uh, seven degrees is the time of the seven degrees. Yeah. And, sure. and don't worry if you haven't changed them; they're not going to melt, right? No, no, no. they're definitely. They're de- <laughs> I mean, I've done so many bad things to tires over the years. I can tell you, they're definitely not going to melt. <laughs> no, no, they'll wear off quicker, and and obviously, uh, you know, it, it's not the safest thing. Like once you get into the deep summer, but you know, if it's ten, twelve degrees out, it's not going to make a, a, a difference. It's it's fine, and you know, when it's when it's twenty eight degrees and the sun's beating down on the asphalt, heat is definitely an enemy of the tire. So Absolutely, you, you definitely don't want to drive your winter tires in the ice summer no right no, and as we mentioned not. earlier too you know lots of potholes around um you got to have a inspect that tire like don't just assume that because it's got air in it that it's going to be good uh it can be cut badly and still be holding air but it's it's a time bomb it could go off at any time yeah so. and you and what, what a lot of people don't do they look at the outside because it's easy to see right a lot of times you'll see like a separation it's on the inside of the tire and, and cars are so low now and and it's harder to get in there but you know just turn the wheels, you know, your front wheels at least, put them far right or far left, back up, and kind of, you know, check the inside of the tire, too. It's not just always the outside. Well, way easier to do it if they're not on the car, though. E- way easier when they're <laughs> off the car, for sure. You know, this, this is the thing for, you know, for me and and uh, and, and my good pal Russell, we we do our, t- our own tire swaps. 
and we've got the equipment at home and it's easy to do and I, you know, I from do. yeah from you know from racing i've got all these tools so why not yeah. do it i like it i used to like it when my son lived at home because i made make, make him, him do, do it exactly Just, you know because you, you supervise <laughs> exactly if he's gonna if he's gonna drive one of the cars well he needs to know how to do this absolutely so we you know we used to do that and of course one of the things i always do is is inspect each tire and yeah. it's it's so important because over the i mean I'm I'm no spring chicken, and over the years I've seen all kinds of strange things happen to my own tires, yeah. and it's it's so important to look at them. And yeah. it's no fun being at the side of the road in the middle of the night in a rainstorm trying no. to figure out how to change a tire. Absolutely not. And in a lot of cases, you know, a lot of cars, like especially the you know the German cars, there is no spare tire, so you're you're getting on a hook or getting towed. Yeah, which is not very cheap. exciting. Yeah. All right, Triangle Tire. What's the website? TriangleTire.ca. Great. Super. Thanks for coming down. I want to thank James Fraser from the Electrical Safety Authority. If you're thinking about electric, you may want to check out their website because even though Buddy down the street says he'll do it for 25 bucks, it it may not be worth it because your house could burn down and then you're... uh Mm. You really need a professional there. <laughs> and I want to thank Dag McDan McTake for all that great information and making us feel bad. But 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 we'll get it back on. Yeah, we'll 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 get through this. And a great website too. You want to go to uh, Gas Wizard and it'll tell you whether you should buy or hold. Just like in Las Vegas, eh? Pretty much. All right. I want to thank uh, Carlos behind the board for a great job as usual. And uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. And uh, we're happy to answer any emails that you possibly have. Brian, thank you. Always a pleasure to be here, Al. All right. We got to run. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down, and we'll see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.